Hey everybody, welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Amen. Good morning, church. Good to see you gathered here. Welcome to those who are worshiping where you are. Can we just greet the people that are worshiping from home and just unite as one church, giving glory to God together? As we come to communion, it kind of reminds us of that, how the Holy Spirit keeps us all gripped together, one body, wherever you're worshiping, you're in the right place at the right time, giving glory to God. And did you catch um, the announcement that uh, we've decided to go with Easter this year? We're gonna do Easter. Is anybody excited about Easter? Woo! And uh, I just want you to circle, you know, we're, pour- we're pouring a lot of energy this year into what we're doing outside, because we can get 10, 20, 30,000 of us outside on the Weber Street lawn. We want to go big on the Weber Street lawn, and so just pencil, you know, around that, be thinking about that, and be praying for awesome weather as we're going to celebrate the Lord together uh, on Easter Sunday at 7.30, and then uh, in the, uh, the following services in, uh, indoor with limited space. Well, friends, as we continue to worship and we're growing in strength and in freedom as a church, we're also worshiping from home and we're receiving the word of God from home week by week in this series. Today, you're gonna hear John 13, verses one through 14. So I encourage you to open your Bibles to that passage and put your Bibles in front of you as we hear from a dear member of this church, Bell Brown, John 13. Today, we'll be reading from John 13, one through 14. It was just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize how what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash your feet, you have no part with me. Then, then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands, my head, and my, as well. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. The whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, He put on his clothing and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You will call me teacher and Lord. 
and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word, how it comes to us, um, whether we're gathered up in thousands or whether we are just um, on our own with you, Jesus, on our couch, on our, on our chair. Your living word comes, it penetrates our hearts, it binds us in a loving relationship with you and it draws us forward into being who you've called us to be and we thank you for that. Pray for it this morning. Come and speak to us, Jesus. In your name we pray. The church said, amen. To give his life, title of the message today is Jesus knew. Jesus knew. We're living in the space in the series of, of what Jesus knew. The Gospel of John seems to have this kind of perspective. I think the disciple John just had a little bit more of kind of a, a view on the interior life of Jesus, and he shares that with us in his Gospel. Kind of like, what's going on in Jesus' head when he says the things he says? What's going on inside Jesus in his interior life as he does the things that he does? What did Jesus no. And all along the way in Jesus' ministry, we see that whatever he taught, whatever he, whatever he did, the, the healings, the, the teachings, the encouragements, uh, the promises of, of a life made right with God, the hope that he talked about, about life eternal, and everything that he did and said, all along the way, Jesus knew what it was going to cost to make these things so. He knew it was going to cost his life. He came to give his life away. Today we come to what we call the Last Supper, and we're going to have, um, you know, Maundy Thursday later in the month. Uh, we were up in the upper room with the disciples, so we call this the Last Supper uh, when Jesus institutes Holy Communion. We also call it, the church calls it Maundy Thursday. Why? Because Jesus issued a command, a mandatum, and that command was, does anybody know what it was? To love one another. So this mandatum, this is, we always call it Maundy Thursday, it's this command to love one another. And we celebrate that as a church, we'll do that at the end of the week, but today we want to look at this. And we want to ask ourselves about this moment because the whole thing starts with this profound, dramatic moment where Jesus, the rabbi, Jesus, the leader, he turns and he, he, he strips himself down and he becomes the servant and he starts washing his disciples' feet. It's because Jesus knew who he was that Jesus did what he did. Socrates said, know thyself. Know thyself. I think never in the history of the world has there been a people or culture that have lived into that mandate more than ours right now. We know ourselves, don't we? Sometimes we know a little more than we want to. I mean, I can tell you my, uh, my Myers-Briggs. Not going to, but I could. I could tell you all kinds of things about myself. I, an outside researcher likes to know um, what Enneagram number most lead pastors are. So I had that all sort of researched out. Whatever you think of that, I know about all that. I know my, uh, my strengths finders, my 
I know my core clarity index, my disk, my change strength indicator. Is this hitting ground with anybody? I know my FIRO B leadership response index. I can tell you all about that. I, I mean, I, I know more about myself than I ever wanted to know. We do regular 360s as a staff so we can answer that question. What's it like to be on the other side of me as a leader? I mean, that stuff, you don't want to know. I mean, you really don't, but you know it. We've even got a, a, a spiritual gifts assessment that I hope you'll take. You've all got one on your rock page. If you're, if you're with us at First Pres, you've got a page on rock where you can, you can put in your own information the way you interact with the church, put your pictures in there and hope you're doing that. And we've got a spiritual gift index that we'd love for you to take. I've taken mine. I can tell you what my spiritual gifts. I know more about myself than I ever wanted to know. Somehow that doesn't save me from waking up totally confused about what I did and why, Right? but I got a lot of reports to read. Know thyself. Well, we know ourselves. And look, the command, the charge to know thyself, it's actually, it's really important, isn't it? I mean, there are questions that you need answers to. That in fact, when you don't have answers to these questions, sometimes you get just stopped. You can't move forward. Who am I? Where did I come from? What am I doing? What am I supposed to be doing? And where am I going? These are questions that demand an answer. And you need an answer. You need an answer from Jesus. What we see today is that Jesus knew himself. And that this, this knowing himself, this, this knowing thyself, for Jesus, this was, this was a, a source of strength that enabled him to be who he needed to be, to do what he needed to do. It gave him the strength to become a servant and to give himself away, to give his life. Verse one, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus, what? Knew. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Okay, it was just before Passover, it says. We think of the Last Supper as a Passover meal, often. We think of it as a Passover meal. But what this scripture tells us and what we know is that actually the Passover meal, remember, would be on Friday night, be on Friday night of the Passover celebration as it entered into the Sabbath day of entering that festival. So Passover is gonna be the next night. So what's going on here? It's Thursday night and they're having Passover meal. Well, it's kind, of like, um, it's kind of like having Thanksgiving dinner on a Wednesday night, you know? Anybody ever done that? My first job when I was 16 was for Peter Piper Pizza in the Southgate Center. Anybody remember that pizza place? I can still answer the phone properly if you need me to. And, uh, and I got that job, I was 16 years old, and I looked on the schedule, and I was scheduled for Thanksgiving dinner night. I thought... There must be some error, right? So I immediately went to my manager. I just, I saw, but it couldn't, right? And he, he said, oh yes, we're open Thanksgiving night and you need to go to work. And if you can't fill that shift, you need to find someone else to replace you. What? Right? I had to tell my family about my Thanksgiving availability. 
Well, maybe that's what Jesus did, you know, with his friends. He said, hey, Friday night, let's do Thursday night. And he set this up. There's some evidence actually in, this, in these gospels about that that's what they were doing. But if that's what they did, and they were having Passover dinner on Thursday night, then what they were doing was having the Passover meal without the Passover lamb. See, the Passover lambs, they were raised in Bethlehem and, and it was Thursday when those lambs would come up to, to Jerusalem and they would all be slaughtered on Thursday to be, to be distributed on Friday, to be prepared all day so that when the Passover meal began Friday night at sundown, you'd have the lamb. But Jesus and his disciples in the upper room, they're having Passover meal. But there's no lamb. There's no lamb to signify the the sacrifice, to signify the blood, the blood that, that on Passover went up and down the doorpost and across the top. Passover meal with no Passover lamb. Or was there one there? You see. Jesus knew, continuing verse one, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Okay, note that phrase, Jesus knew. That's the title of our message. There's three things, in fact, in this passage that we're gonna find that Jesus knew. And here's the first of three things. Jesus knew the hour had come. The hour. Back in John chapter two, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee. Jesus was there. His mother Mary was there. Uh, his disciples were there. And it's probably relatives of, of Mary's, relatives of Jesus. And there was a problem. There was a problem. The wine ran out. These weddings, they'd go on for days and, and everyone in the, in the town would be there. And the, wet, the, the wine ran out. So Mary grabbed Jesus, said, Jesus, there's a problem. No more wine. Now, Mary was not known as a party animal. You with me? So what's the problem? The problem isn't that I want more wine, right? <laughs> no, what's the problem? The problem is that this is part of a celebration. Mary, her heart's going out to her relatives, her friends. Like, this is gonna mar the memory of this event that should be a joyous occasion. They might remember this the rest of their lives and they're embarrassed that things are running out on their party. Jesus, there's a problem. Jesus, there's a problem. And what's Jesus' response? Jesus says, so what, mom? That's not the direct translation. Here it is, here it is, John 2. He says, woman, why do you involve me? Which I think is pretty close to so what, mom? But then Jesus goes on, he replied, explains, my hour has not yet come, my hour my hour is something seem, that Jesus seemed to have thought an awful lot about along the way. Verse two, the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. He sat there smiling all along the way knowing what he was about to do. Judas um, had allowed the devil a foothold in his life. 
Ephesians 4.27 says, do not allow the devil a foothold. Why? Because when the devil gets a foothold, he makes it a beachhead. He tries to make it a stronghold, and he tries to take over the rest of your life from there. And so scripture says you just don't mess with this. Now remember, what is the power of the devil? The only power that the devil has is to deceive and to lie. So the only power he has in your life is the power that you give him when you believe his lies and live into his deceptions. And when you do that, when you believe his lies and you live into his deceptions, well, then he starts to work on you. He starts to work on what you think. He starts to work on what you expect. He starts to work on how you're hearing other people. I mean, he is a divider. He is diabolical. And he starts to get that influence in your life. And a foothold becomes a stronghold, becomes a beachhead. That's why the scripture says, don't mess with this, people. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil. And this is the important point. See, resist the devil and he will flee from you. You turn to God, into his light. Darkness can't follow. But Judas had allowed a foothold. And the foothold became a stronghold. And by the end of the dinner, the battle's over. In fact, in verse 27 of of John 13, we hear that Satan entered Judas. It's entirely in his hands now. Now, this is actually the second thing that Jesus knew tonight. Jesus knew who was going to betray him. Verse 11, for he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. Jesus knew. Well, that's Judas serving himself. And now we see Jesus becoming a servant to all. Verse 3, Jesus, what? Knew, yeah. Here we go, the third thing. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus knew. What did Jesus know? He knew that he was free. He knew that he had all power. He knew that that all power, that all influence was under him. He knew that he was Lord of all and over all things. He knew that. And what else did he know? Jesus knew, and I wish we could just, you know, I wish I could take the whole sermon on this, a whole series. It's so critical. This other, this, this something else that Jesus knew that moved him, that enabled him. What did Jesus know? Jesus knew that he had come from God. Did you catch that? And that he was returning to God. He knew that. Jesus knew these things. And so he did what he did. It's what Jesus knew that helped him to do what he did. What did Jesus do with what Jesus knew? See, Jesus, he knew that he had come from the Father, that he was going to the Father. Jesus had the answers to these questions. Who am I? Well, Jesus knew exactly who he was. Where did I come from? Jesus knew he had come from the Father. 
What am I doing here? What am I supposed to be about? Jesus knew his mission to give himself away. Where am I going? Where's this gonna wind up? Jesus knew he was returning to the Father. Friends, when you know these things, when you answer these questions before Jesus, when you know these things about yourself, who am I? Where did I come from? What am I doing? Where am I going? When you know this, when you can know this and be assured of it, listen, you are postured to be exactly what God has called you to be. You are ready to do exactly what God wants you to do. You are prepared to live into the life and the things that God has, has, has imagined for you and has prepared for you. You are ready to do amazing, outstanding, world-altering, remarkable things like getting up and wrapping a towel around your waist and getting on your knees to serve and love those around you. You see, Jesus knew. And then it says, this little two-letter word, so. So. He got up. He stripped off his outer garments and he knelt down. Do you catch that? These are tied together. What did Jesus do with what Jesus knew? Jesus knew all of this. And so he bent down to serve. Paul wrote to the Philippians, oh, I've lost myself, haven't I, team? 13.4, let's preach from there. Are we Ready? Jesus knew all this. Yeah, read that little two-letter word with me, church. Ready? So. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. He got up, Jesus, the rabbi, the teacher, the leader. Can you imagine this? And he, he took off his outer garments. He made himself the servant in the room. There was no one else to wash the feet See, they had, they had planned this meal and they were up in this dining area. They'd just come up off the street into the dining area. It's very private. It's very secret even. They didn't want people to know they're there. There were no outsiders there. There's no servant there to wash the feet. And the disciples, by the way, all along the way, they had been arguing about which one of them was more important. So Jesus knew none of them is about to get up and grab the towel, right? And so what does he do with what he knew? He strips himself down takes off his outer garments. He becomes the servant in the room. He wrapped a towel around his waist and started to wash. Can you imagine that? Peter's resistance <laughs> is understandable. Are you gonna wash me? You're my Lord. You're my master. I've given it all away to follow you. Would you? Would you wash my feet? And then as soon as, as Jesus says, no, this is critical to our relationship, then Peter's like, yeah, then let's do it. I'm in. Give me a whole thing, right? Verse eight, no, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet, okay? By the way, don't say you shall never to Jesus, okay? <laughs> Pro tip along the way. You shall never wash my feet, Jesus said, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Well then, Lord, not just my feet, 
my hands, my head, everything. I mean, Jesus, I want to be with you. If this is what it is to be with you, I want to walk with you. Whatever you have for me in my life, I want all of what you have. I submit myself to your care. If you want to walk, just, I'm in your hands, Jesus. I want to be with you. I want to be for you. I want to be in communion with you. Whatever it takes for us to be close, I want to be close. I want to be close, right? Now, what Peter never says, interestingly, is, Lord, let me take the towel. Let me, let me take over for you. Let me do that. No, Jesus is gonna have to be very direct with them to bring that point across. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. It isn't just for so, show that Jesus took on the role of a servant. This isn't a dramatic, like, a uh, little skit to illustrate something else. This is, what, this is the point. Jesus actually becomes the servant. And it's exactly what he came to do. What did Jesus do with what Jesus knew? Jesus became a servant so that he could be a savior. Paul wrote in Philippians, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Who? being in very nature God, did not take equality with God as something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a, say it with me, the servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death, on a cross, Jesus, Jesus knew his hour had come. We got it last chapter, verse, chapter 12, verse 23, Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. The hour of glory, what does it mean? Glory, glory is like light, it, it shines. Remember the glory shone all around them. And how does glory shine? How does, how does light shine? I mean, light shines, doesn't it, when something is being burned? What's the biggest light in the sky, you little kids? You big kids? The sun, yeah? It's this burning ball of gas, right? It sends off light because it burns. Even a candle, it burns the wick and the wax. It sends off light. Even, even, a, you know, even a light bulb, it's this, it's this filament in between two poles that's burning. It's burning, a controlled burning that sends the light out. I even tried to look up like LED lights. I don't have any idea how they work. But I did learn enough to know that even though it's slow, it's a degradation. It's a diminishing that light comes when something burns away. Glory, glory comes from giving away. You can think of Jesus' life, in fact, as a, as a filament suspended between two poles. For I have come from the Father and I'm returning to the Father, and knowing all this. Jesus, he came, he came miraculously, a virgin birth, he came into the world. Miraculously, he left the world. 
resurrected, ascended into heaven. And between these two poles suspended the life of Jesus. In that suspense, what did he do? He gave himself away. He gave himself away. And in his burning away, his glory became light. So it is with you. So it is with us, children of God, as we give ourselves away to one another, we share in the light and the glory of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you knew what it would cost and that you gave your life. We thank you, Jesus, for your love for us that's so rich. We pray that we would see the light of your glory, be drawn toward it. Help us, Lord, to shine as you shine by giving our lives away as you gave yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprescos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.